You're listening to Musician Talks. This is episode number one. It's a fact that musicians lead interesting lives. Welcome to Musician Talks, where musicians discuss their lives and their music. Now, here's your host, Rick Mather. Welcome, everybody, to Musician Talks. This is the first show, and I can't think of a better guest to have tonight than a wonderful musician who hails from South Jersey and originally from Philadelphia, PA, my good, dear friend, Joe Forziati. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing good, Rick, and I'm, I'm honored that you're using me as your first, uh, your first interview. Now, I don't know why the hell you want me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a humble man. One of the things I love to do is to talk with musicians, real musicians, and I, I think musicians have a lot to offer. The format of the show is pretty much I'm going to ask some questions, and you answer them the way you want to answer them. And, you know, I don't know. I, there's no set set time. If it takes 10 minutes or if it takes a half hour, it really makes no difference to me. It's just as long as we're comfortable and we have a good time. Sounds good. So having heard that, uh, Joe, tell us a little about yourself. How did you get started? I got started when I was in eighth grade. Um, I started playing uh, saxophone. Uh, they had a feeder program to the high school. I started late compared to a lot of other people, though, but I, I started in eighth grade. It was um, at uh, King of Peace grade school, and they came around to the cafeteria showing all the instruments to uh, to all the kids, and it's like just a typical feeder program that you see, they have them today. Um, and I picked a saxophone out, and I started playing there in eighth grade. So did you rent an instrument, or did you buy one, or what? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we rented. Um, my parents, you know, they, they rented a, a Con Alto Sax, a student model, and they had a little book that came, and uh, every month when they paid it, the guy stamped a book until it uh, was paid off, and there was a, it was a, like a rent-to-own thing. Uh, after my parents paid the rental up to a certain amount, um, the, the, the saxophone was mine. Uh, so uh, it was. Uh, that's how we did it back in the day. I think they still do it the same way now. Uh, the instrument's a little more pricey now, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of variations on on rental programs, rent to buy, and all of that. But so your first instrument was a a, a rental, and it was a con. Yeah, it was a con alto sax. I think it was a constellation. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Con what it constellation. Was yeah. yeah, that was a, a. I think a series of instruments from con. I know there was a con constellation trumpet. You know. Yeah, they were. It was, Interesting. Do you still have that horn? No, no. I got rid of that a long time ago. I don't even know what happened to it. I think I think I sold it for probably a couple bucks after I first got married. It's been a long time. I don't remember right. what, what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we when, when we first get married, we none of us had any money, so everything went, <laughs> I right. suppose. That's right. <laughs> so alto sax has always been your main instrument, but tell me what other instruments you play. Uh, I've, I, I double on the clarinet and the flute, um, basically. I played some bassoon in high school, but uh, when I got out of... Uh, of high school, I couldn't afford one, so uh, I st- that went by the wayside. I played my senior year of high school. I played bassoon. It was a lot of fun, uh, but mas- mm-hmm. basically, uh, saxophone, clarinet, and flute. I have all the, the, the saxes, um, tenor, alto, soprano. Yeah, so you're not just an alto player. You play tenor and barry and soprano and right, soprano, and, uh, uh, and I have a bass clarinet uh, and uh, alto clarinet and an E flat clarinet and uh, a regular B flat clarinet and uh, and and a flute. <laughs> Well, I was going to, you know, the next question was tell me about your musical education and things like that. But just hearing that list of instruments, that is there ever an occasion where you go to a gig and you have to take all of them? <laughs> uh, a couple shows that I did, yeah. We had, uh, uh, not all of them, but maybe five of them. Uh, I've, <laughs> I played, especially the lower books when you're playing a show, like the Read Five books, you have a Barry Sax and a bass clarinet. And 
and like clarinet and sometimes flute and now with the, the some some of the shows where they they condense the uh, the parts uh, it's even more I think I had like six horns on one gig holy mac <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're an orchestral player you don't have to double on that many things I don't know right right yeah I'm, I'm sure most of them do I'm not, you know but uh, with um, all my all my friends that I played shows with uh, they uh, they all do that they play all the all the woodwinds it's pretty much expected isn't it yeah pretty much I mean yeah the books are all written for multiple instruments but what do you do if you get a call for a show and you have to play an instrument that you don't have? What do you do? I just tell I tell the contractor um, that um, I I don't have that instrument. I don't play that instrument. I could play it on another instrument, like maybe oboe parts on flute or something like that, or transpose it. I, yeah. trans I don't sight transpose, but I, I'll take the book and I'll um, transpose it uh, before the show. I mean, I can sight transpose mm -hmm. on certain instruments, but uh, some of like you know, the double reads. That's very interesting. Uh, you know. Huh. All right, so you got started in the eighth grade. Tell me about your musical education. Who was your first teacher? Tell me, just go ahead, tell me about it. John Lala was my first uh, teacher. He, he was a clarinet player. I started, like I said, I started in eighth grade Saturday lessons. This was in the Philadelphia school system? Yeah, I went to King of Peace high, uh, grade school and, uh, and Bishop Newman High School, um, okay. uh, parochial schools. And um, the John Lala was my first teacher. He was, and I didn't know it at the time. I was only a kid, and uh, he was sick. Uh, he had cancer, and uh, I only had him for a couple lessons, and he and he passed away right at, right after we started. He, they started teaching us that year, and it was a group lesson, uh, four four or five of us in a class. And after that, um, after he passed away, um, Earl, Earl McGonigal uh, started teaching me over there. Oh, I remember Earl. I, I didn't realize he was your teacher. Yeah, Earl taught me uh, my first year on on saxophone and uh after that i got into the high school band and i wasn't taking lessons uh through high school i was just playing with the band in high school until i moved uh, then i went over to paul the six my parents moved from south philadelphia to new jersey i went to paul the six high school and um I, uh, the band director there, Don Chicotosto, recommended me to go study with Mike Guerra, Michael Guerra, who was a, a fine clarinet player. Tell me a little bit about Mike Guerra. I know he's a very special person. Yeah, he was, uh, he was like one of the top guys in the Philadelphia area years ago, long before, uh, before I was even born. Clarinetist, saxophone player, uh, played with the Philadelphia Orchestra, uh, played a couple saxophone solos with them um, and did all the shows in the Philadelphia area. He was like the first call guy on clarinet. And I got the, I had the opportunity to study with him for a couple of years. And as a matter of fact, he, he changed my embouchure around and he, and the sound that I have today uh, is a credit to him because um, he showed me how to play the instrument really, um, really, really the right way. Yeah, that's interesting because you came from the saxophone. So the sax embouchure and the clarinet embouchure are something different, aren't they? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, I never, um, I never really had a formal clarinet lesson. I pretty much uh, was playing saxophone. Then when I started doing the high school shows, a lot of the books had clarinet in them. So my brother had a clarinet, and um, I borrowed his clarinet, and I started playing the clarinet uh, from there. Over the years, I, I played with a lot of different clarinetists, and I, I picked up how to, the embouchure is supposed to be and, uh, and some proper techniques. But uh, uh, it's a definitely a different embouchure, yeah. Yeah, well, I, one thing the world doesn't know is that you're married to a very wonderful clarinetist yourself, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, Patty, she plays really well. Yeah, Patty's a fine musician, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, look, I know for a fact, because we're, we're both roughly the same age, and uh, I went in the Navy, but you, you spent some time in, in the Army, didn't you? Yep, when I was in college, uh, they, they, they did away with the draft, and they did away with college deferments. It was during the Vietnam War. And um, my draft number was 13. Holy uh, mackerel. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, out of 365. But uh, so the odds were that I was going to get drafted. And um, 
so I enlisted in the reserves. Uh, the the uh, brass teacher over at Combs College of Music, where I was was going. You did enroll in Combs College, right? Yeah, I went to Combs. I, I auditioned uh, at Combs, uh, and uh, I, I was going to Combs College of Music. And while I was there, the brass teacher Pete Cassizzi, was. T- I was talking to him, and he was the uh, conductor of um, the 307th Army Band, which was a reserve band out of Willow Grove. And uh, I told him, uh, you know, that my draft number was 13, and he said, hey, come on and join the band. So he, uh, he signed me up, and I enlisted in the reserves as a musician. I got to play with the 307th Army Band, the 282nd. Uh, it, was, it was a reservist, so I went away for five months for uh, basic training and advanced training. And then I came home, and uh, I did weekends for six years, two weeks during the summer. And it was a great experience. Uh, I was thinking about enlisting full-time in the Army Band because it was playing all day. Uh, and, uh, but I was talking to Patty and we were, you know, uh, I asked her, you know, what she thought about it. She wasn't too keen about me going into the service full time. So when I got out of basic uh, and AIT, I went over and I uh, transferred to a Glassboro uh, state, which is now Rowan. Glassboro State College. That's that's where you and I met up in uh, what was it, nineteen seventy six? I think it's around that time. Yeah, that was my that was the year. Well, I graduated in seventy seven, so like that seventy six. I think was it was the year I got married. And I think my senior recital was that year too. Yeah, my first year at Glassboro was seventy six because I I had four years in the Navy mm-hmm. and uh, I showed up in seventy six and you were one of the first friends I made there. Yeah, we were talking when you when you got there. I remember you said we, you went to the Navy School of Music and I didn't get to go there. They were trying. This the class wasn't full. They didn't have enough people to go through a full class at the time when I went into basic. After basic, they sent me to an army band at uh, Fort Jackson uh, for my advanced training instead of to the Navy school. But I think you were there about the same time. It was like uh, January of seventy-two or seventy-three. I think seventy-three. Seventy-three. January seventy-three is when I reported to the School of Music. Yeah, that's when I went into I went into Fort Jackson band that same month. So. Oh man, we could have been in the same class, you know? Yeah, we could have. Yeah. I don't know if they'd been ready for that. <laughs> it was a great experience. So you played in the army. You ended up going to Glassboro State College. Did you graduate? What happened? Yeah, I got. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, in, when I was at Glassboro. I I uh, hooked up with a, um, a couple guys, uh, Lou Dorham uh, and uh, Joe Aiello, and we had a band. We were playing top forty music clubs at nighttime. Helped me put myself through school. I was married with a kid and uh, Michael and my baby, and my son, and uh, you know I was going to school and working at night. So. Uh, wasn't a lot of practicing going on. <laughs> I was, you know, trying to earn a living too. Well, there's only, there's only so many hours in the day, I suppose, right? So uh, I graduated uh, from there in '77, and uh, I was going. I got an education degree, and I was looking for a job. I couldn't find a job teaching because you know music teacher jobs are like you know there's one out of how many teachers in there in a school, two or three maybe teach music out of the whole school. I I was out of work and. Uh, I got a job uh, working at Cigna Insurance Company a couple years after uh, I graduated and uh, started in the mailroom and they taught me how to program, so I got, got into programming. But I played clubs for, for a few years uh, in the South Jersey area, um, top 40 music, to, uh, supper clubs, to, you know, restaurants and things like that. Mm-hmm. I know you did. I had, you had quite a diverse experience. And then, of course, I met up with you guys with, uh, I guess it was back in 1987, 88, where after I'd been bombing around the country a little bit, and we started playing pits uh, for, for shows. And you haven't really stopped, have you? Well, yeah, I haven't played in a while. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of nights... Uh, I just don't, you know, it's it's too many nights for me to even want to get involved with anymore. It's yeah. So if you get hooked up with a show, some of them run three, four nights a week for like a month at a time. And I was, you know, I, at the time after I left uh, Cigna, 
I retired from there. I went back into teaching. And um, so it's, uh, I got into teaching. I did some substitute teaching years before, but I finally got a music teaching job. But it was just a long day. Teaching teaching kids is tough, <laughs> and then playing playing shows at night. It was just got to be too much. I got older. I would say so. That's a pretty busy busy schedule. Where did you teach? I taught in Cherry Hill School District um, and Gloucester Township School District. Gloucester Township, uh, a friend of mine, Vince Gentless, has a friend of ours, Vince Gentless, um, he, he had an after-school program where they taught their um, um, middle school or elementary school kids. Um, right. They had gotten rid of their elementary program, so they had an after-school program. And so I started teaching there um, after I retired from Cigna. And um, that was part-time, two days a week. And then Cherry Hill had a part-time job opened up, so I was doing both. I was doing daytime in Cherry Hill and then after school in Gloucester Township. And then um, Cherry Hill opened up a full-time position, and I, and I went to Cherry Hill. Uh, teaching Holy there. mackerel! So you had you've had two professional careers, one for Cigna and one one as a teacher. Yeah, and I just retired from that uh, the teaching job uh, in July of this year, 2019. So yeah. after how you enjoy in retirement? It's good. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's real good. Do, do you miss teaching? Uh, I miss the kids. Uh, that's that's for sure. I have fun teaching the kids, but the um, yeah. the other stuff that goes on. I, I, I was only teaching for 11 years, 12 years. Uh, I think oh, only twelve years. I, th- huh? I think eleven. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. when I first started, from the time I got done, it's changed a lot. Um, a lot of uh, sure. unnecessary yeah. things going on in the teaching profession these days, besides teaching the kids. Um, but you know, it was, I do miss it. I miss the kids, but I don't miss yeah. uh, the hard work. I mean, I worked in the corporate world for for almost thirty years, and then I taught yeah. for ten years. And let me tell you something: teaching's a lot, lot harder. Working in, People in don't realize that, but if you're if you're a dedicated teacher and you're really getting the job done, that's a lot of hard work. Oh yeah, you got to be dedicated. You got to be prepared, and you know, yeah. you got to be got to deal with all kinds of situations, not only from the kids, from that's administration cool. and parents. But I love doing it. it I, you like yeah. seeing the kids progress and um, their faces light up when they do certain things. You know, when, when, when they do things right or when something finally clicks and they. And they uh, they enjoy it and they have fun and sure that's what it's, it's, and it's rewarding for you too. I haven't taught as extensively as you, but I've enjoyed the teachers or I've enjoyed teaching the students that that do well, uh, the ones that are interested and want to move forward. They, the, the kids that are just sitting there wasting everybody's time. It's not a lot of fun, but you know, well, I guess you have a little bit of both. Well, it, it, well, you know, not I didn't have too much of that really with the kids that I was teaching. I was teaching fourth and fifth grade, so those kids right. were really. I mean, some of them. They just didn't want to be there after a while. They thought it was going to be easy, and they sort of like fell by the wayside. Not a lot of them, you know. A lot of their parents, yeah. they stuck with it, and you know, you got to try to motivate the kids, get them going. If they're not interested, you got to f- try to find a way to get them interested. So, I, had, right. I had a lot of success. I had a good program. I mean, a good. The parents were always supportive, and um, you know, the kids, the kids did a good job. I. It was a great time yeah. for those 10 years. I had a lot of good kids. Hey, one question I didn't ask earlier. I want to double back to it. It was like on, on the getting started thing. Why Why did you decide to play the saxophone? I mean, did you have somebody in your family that inspired you musically to become a musician or, or, or what? Why did you choose the instrument and why did you get started? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I did, when I went to, um, my grandmother took me to see a show, high school show. And right. um, it was, they were doing um, Fiorello was the show at Bishop Newman. And I went to see it with my right. grandmother. And just the sound when the band came on uh, to do the overture, um, really, it was like, it just impressed me so much. Um, right. You know, I just, I, I heard it and I just said, oh, wow, that is so neat. I want to I wanna be able to do that. 
Um, as far as the saxophone, um, I just remember going to the Thanksgiving Day Parade with my father and uh, watching the marching bands go by. And uh, yeah. I wanted to, I, I, you know, I had an interest in the trombone first. And um, then, uh, you know, when we had to pick the instruments that uh, that day, and it was in January. Um, no, January is when I started. I think it was before that. It's probably in the fall, around the time. I guess around the time of Thanksgiving when I was looking at these band instruments going down the street. Um, right. I wanted to pick trombone. And uh, my dad kind of talked me out of it. He says, no, nah, that's right. He says, pick saxophone, you know. So he, pretty, he, <laughs> told, he told me to pick the saxophone, which, you know, which was fine. I was starting out. It didn't matter to me. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't have any thrill. I wanted to play guitar. That's what I wanted to play. But my, mo- yeah. my mother said, no, everybody plays guitar. And you ain't getting no guitar. So I never got a guitar. So I picked the band instrument How about that? Yeah. How about that? So you ended up with saxophone. Yep. That's that's phenomenal. We've talked in the past. I know you're involved with the uh, the Pennsport String Band, mm-hmm. for, and, and you march in the um, New Year's Day Parade in Philadelphia. Right. We've talked about Philadelphia must be, without a doubt, the, the, the most saxophone, sax, saxiest Right, I've said that city in, the past, in the yeah, country. The saxiest city in the country. Definitely. <laughs> I, you know, there's... A, I, I don't know. If there's another city that's got as many saxophone players as Philadelphia does, let's show it, man. Bring it. You know? <laughs> I don't I don't know who it would be. I mean, you, you know, I mean, there's there's great jazz cities and things like that. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Like New York's you know, got when you, when you look at those bands going up and down Broad Street on, on New Year's Day, there's thousands of saxophones, yeah, young, you know, young and old, man, young and old. Yeah. Uh, and the string bands are. How, how'd you get involved with the with the string band? I got involved. Well, there, you know, I always knew guys that played in string bands. Uh, when I was in high school, a couple of guys played um, over in Philly, played in the in, in Quaker City, and um, you know, I wanted to get involved for a long time because it's something you want to do when you live in Philly, and especially when you're a sax player, that's what you do, you know. But I moved out of there um, my junior year of high school. And my parents moved to Jersey, so I never got an opportunity really to get involved with any of the bands um, in the city. But um, years later, you know, I was 50, 54 or something like that, a uh, guy played in the concert band with, uh, with me, uh, uh, Frank Lush. He was involved with Avalon String Band, and they were starting this new concept called Penn Sport String Band. It, was, it wasn't a full-time band because those bands take a lot of money and a lot of time and dedication for the amount of work that oh, goes I'm on sure. for years. Yeah. Well, this band was of older guys that had been through all that before, and they weren't looking to do it full-time or spending their life doing it, and they didn't want to spend a lot of money. So they were starting this Penn Sport string band, which was, uh, you know, not as much time. You know, part they called it a part-time band, although uh, it's it's not really a part-time band, but it's, it's not as much dedication. Uh, it's kind of looser as far as the organization goes with rehearsals and things like that. Not as much pressure. So a lot of older. Yeah, I think some some of the old established bands are almost like a. I don't want to use the word cult, but <laughs> but I mean they they it takes so much time to be involved with them. Oh yeah, and there's families involved over the years, you know, and there's a lot, you know, and there's a lot of. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people know each other, and people go from one band to the other, uh, and it's you know. But there's a lot of a lot of investment in time, and they expect you to be there all the time. Um, and you know, that's that's if you sign up for that, that's great. So you know, but this band was a little bit different. So I signed up. Yeah. Uh, I told Frank I'd give it a shot, and I and I went out, and uh, I had fun, and I, and the guys that were there were really 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 good guys, and that was like 12 years ago. So. Now I'm still doing. Wow. It. We're getting ready to go up uh, this year uh, again. So. Yeah, as we're as we're recording this, it's December nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. So we're talking what a week and a half, and you're and you're out there in the parade. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing a lot of rehearsing. So we got let's see, Sunday we got a drill rehearsal, and then next Thursday, and I think that might be it before New, before New Year's Day. So 
Do you, have, do you ever have any issues playing in the in the extreme cold weather of New Year's Day? Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's two years ago. It was ridiculously cold. It was you know it was like in the teens, like thirteen degrees or something. The horn freezes <laughs> up. You know the the condensation inside the horn freezes your pads close, and you can't even play. That year they should they should have canceled. They should have just canceled it, or you know I don't know. Next week was just as cold though, so I don't know you know how to handle it. So it was a mess. It was something I hope never happens again. But they have it January first. You never know. You know. Yeah, it, that's right. It's that the time of year. So what what else are you involved in besides the the Pennsport band? Uh, Tri County Symphonic Band, which is a community band um, in uh, South Jersey, and it's local um, local musicians, uh, mostly adults. Have a have some high school kids play with us. Um, you know the better the better high school kids come in and and uh, play. I've I've heard the band and it's just flat out excellent. Well, wonderful ensemble. Yeah, they've been we've been around for a long long time. Uh, Patty and I joined that in the eighties. Late, I can't even remember anymore. Like late eighties, maybe or early nineties. Yeah. Now, don't you conduct for the band as well? Yeah, I'm assistant director for uh, for that band, and, um, and I'm also music director for the Pennsport String Band. So. Um, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> not too much. What people might not know is that you're left-handed. Yep. Is left-handed conducting a problem for anybody? It's not for me, that's for sure. Um, now, you know what? I he- I've heard um, that musicians don't really notice it when they're playing in, 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 yeah. on the other side of you. I don't know. Um, I never had a problem. Do you conduct beat two to the left or to the right if you're left-handed? To the right. Well, that's what I do is to the, into the right. I don't think that's uh, you know an overwhelming thing to, to get your head around uh, as far as as far as watching it. I mean, as long as the beat's there, you can figure it out. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, it's yeah. That, but I had I, I read somewhere that people the musicians that they don't really they don't really notice that. But I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. Just interesting. But concept. I was, when I was in college, there was kind of, you know they told us you know right hand is with the baton you know. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I'm left, uh, the left side of my body just seems to work a little bit more um, I think, I think you're, rhythmically. Uh, you know? Your conducting uh, professor was uh, Frank Astor, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, that. so he wanted you to conduct with your right hand. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was, yeah. was the deal. No tolerance for the lefties, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how they do it today. I don't, they probably still do it the same way. It's very mm-hmm. rare to see anybody you know, with a left-handed uh, approach. But there are a couple of professionals that did do it. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. We're almost there. I got a couple more questions. Where, uh, where do you want to go musically from here? What do you want to do? Uh, you know, uh, arranging, maybe. Um, I like to do some of that. I never had time to really do that. When I was working uh, in the corporate world, I was, con- I was out, you know, constantly busy with that um maybe write some a little bit you know write write some original stuff but mainly arranging i'd like to arrange some stuff um get Mm -hmm. into more you know recording and mixing um with my home studio Uh, it's a lot of stuff i'd like to do just to find the time to do it you know (laughs) yeah a little bit at a time it's very interesting. Will you will you write for uh, small ensembles or large larger ensembles? What do you have in mind? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really like. I want to start out maybe with. Uh, I wrote a couple, um, you know, a couple duets and trios for clarinet. Um, Patty and I played a um, a Halloween thing uh, last year or so for a friend of ours, Jonasella, and. Uh, I wrote a couple arrangements, a couple duets for for that on a Halloween-based theme, and uh, I wrote, you know, I have one string band arrangement that I did. I'm going to do a little bit more of that now that I have some time. 
Um, that's just for you know that's for you know full string band, which is uh, saxes, uh, banjos, and accordion, and string bass. And, uh, and yeah, it's a bit the ensemble's a bit different with a with a string band, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's different different sound. And uh, maybe some maybe some tri county stuff. I got a lot of big hopes and dreams, but you know, it's like '66, mm-hmm. man. That's you start. You know, you wake up and you say, "Whoa, how many?" You know, what do you want to do first? Do something. <laughs> you got to do something. <laughs> you just can't wait around. You know. Well, since you since you ratted it out and you admitted that you're 66 years old, I mean, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. At 66, you've you've played a lot. You've you've talked to a lot of musicians. You've experienced so many different things in life. What in your mind? Maybe you've never thought about it, but but what is talent? Uh, well, you know, it, I think a knack for doing something. I don't, you know, uh, that's the only thing I can say. Uh, some a knack people, for doing so. That's that's interesting. Some people have a knack for doing things, and I mean, they're they're, they're talented at it. Um, I, I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, I th- I've I've seen people, not people, little. Kids that, I, that I'm teaching, they come in and they're uncoordinated. Um, they don't have a good ear. They just, they, you know, they, they're at a point where, they, you know, they, you don't think they're ever going to do anything. Um, and they uh, and then you have other kids that come in and they just have a knack for holding the instrument and making the sound out of the instrument. And uh, um, But, you know, where push comes to shove, those two kids can end up being just as good as each other or the one that didn't have so much knack for doing it better than the other one. It all depends on how much time you put into it and uh, and do it and and practice. Because uh, you can have talent, but if you don't practice, it's not going to get you anywhere. So the time you spend working on things can overcome a, uh, a talent deficiency. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. You just do it, you know. If you don't you don't have a knack for it, well you do it. You do it slow and you and you get better at it. Um, you get better at it. If you do it for sixty six years, then you got something, you know? Well, I'm not i I'm not where I wanna be because I'm I'm one that really had to be pushed to practice too. But now that's that's another thing you ask me what I wanna do. Um uh practice more now that I have the time. Um I wanna get into some more jazz playing, which I didn't really have a lot of opportunity when I was younger to do that do much of that. I'm gonna practice and I'm gonna uh try to write some stuff and uh Maybe I'll, I'll learn more about it. Maybe I'll go back and take an arranging course to refresh my memory from college because that was a long, long time ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, now that I have the time, you know, there's nothing, you know, I, no reason I can't go back. People might look at the old coot in the back and say, what's he doing here? But, you know, I'm here to learn yeah. some stuff, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you've got a great attitude. I think musicians who focus on lifelong learning uh, tend to be happier and tend to keep moving forward, you know? Well, yeah, I'd like to get together with you and play a little more, too, man. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward like, to that. I I think maybe you and I might have a little little horn, horn section work in our in our future. Yeah, that sounds good. I always like that. That does sound good. So, wait, last question, since we talked about what is talent, and this this is not a trick question. I just, I just, I'm asking it honestly. Do you think you're talented? Hmm. Uh, I think... Yes, to a certain degree, I think I have. I think I'm talented in getting the concept of how my instruments should sound when I play them. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I that's that's hard to say. I don't, I don't. I never looked at myself as really extremely talented. I, I worked. I got to work hard for what I get. You know. It's it, like I said. It's it's not a trick question. It's just meant to be a, a bit, a little bit. Uh, what's the word? A provocative. In my mind, people tend to overestimate talent i didn't say that well but what they sometimes what they attribute as being talent is really just the product of a lot of hard work you know yeah this is true because like you said the people i've had people tell me you're very talented 
And, uh, you know, I, th- I say thank you. I mean, uh, it really makes you feel good when somebody says that. It means they appreciate what you're doing. Good point. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't personally, I don't look at myself as talented. I mean, uh, I wasn't really gifted with a knack for playing playing the saxophone. I pretty much learned it. Um, All right. Well, this has been a wonderful interview. I, I think we've got enough substance here. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing, John? I'd like to say that um, one thing we didn't mention was that you and I played together in a couple different bands. Um, and uh, I had a great time. Every time we got together and we played with Aries, we played with uh, Alt, and we played with uh, Soundstage and, uh, you know, the various different other things that, uh, that you engineered getting gigs for us and all. But, uh, you know, it's always been fun, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Well, that's well said. I'm, I'm looking forward to working with you, too. But, Joe, you're, a, you're a, uh, a fine musician, and you're a dear friend. Same here, man. I feel the same about you. All right, buddy. Well, let's wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been a musician talk with the just wonderful player from South Jersey, Joe Forziati. Joe, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for having me, Rick. I really appreciate you doing this with me.